from the New York City area, welcome to the Badass Counseling Show, where the master badass himself, Sven Erlinson, takes you deep and gives balm for the soul, baby. Hello, fine people. How are you today? It's good to see you. You are looking so good today. Really? Wow. I'm just, this is lovely to be with you today. I'm joined in studio for the Badass Counseling Show by my dear old friend, KC, in the booth. And right next to me, my other dear old friend, Rob the Rocket. What is the good word today, Rob? So you can see them, huh? Right through their phone or their computer, their tablet. You can see them. I'm watching. Santa is always watching. Starting, starting to worry about you, but I know you're fine. And you got a big fan on the show today, so you're all set. And do I? You do. All right. Well, I can't wait to hear it. I want to welcome everybody tuning in. All the Beths and Brian's, Chris's and Kylie's, Eric's and Aria's, Jen's and Justin's, and... To everyone on, in, or around the lakes of the city of lakes, Minneapolis, Minnesota, my hometown, I hope you are all doing well wherever this finds you. And we're going to go ahead and dive right in. Rob, tell us about our guest today, Tiffany. All right, Sven, I'd be happy to. Tiffany wrote to us and said, uh, oh man, I have more than one paragraph. That's what we ask for is just a paragraph. Uh, she says, I'm struggling with past childhood trauma. I was sexually assaulted at eight by my brother, and it took me till now at age 36 to process. I've opened the wound to start the healing, not really knowing I needed it. As I thought, hiding it down like it never happened was the key to success in life. But I've been struggling for much in life, and I need peace and clarity and to become stronger. My mother broke me as she, 25 years later, is now saying I just want to play victim and it never happened, or I'm looking for attention. I found you and it has helped so much. I started with your videos on Facebook. I ordered your book about a month ago. I have now gone on to buy three more of your books and have them mailed to my friends so they can start this amazing healing process. I can't wait to dive in more and feel more free. Your videos help me so much to stay focused and not lose sight when my mind wanders back to the old ways. I never knew I needed this, but it feels amazing, almost magical to feel the healing. I thought I was broken and unlovable. Already that is changing, and I can't wait for my friends and cousins to feel the same. Please accept me as a podcast guest so I can enjoy you and share your words more. Tiffany, great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Pleasure is completely ours. Let's go ahead and uh, get into it. Um, you stated in here that... Um, I've been struggling for much of my life and I need peace and clarity and to become stronger. I'm going to zone in on that uh, clarity. What what is the biggest thing in your life that you believe, uh, where you stand right now, you believe you most need clarity on? I guess I need to deal with the struggles and figuring out, um, like a lot of it is all my mother and how, I don't know, how she, I felt did me dirty. And just trying to figure out how to process and move on um, and be better because I have kids that I don't want the generational curse going on. And so what do you feel it is? What do you feel it is that you don't have clarity on specifically in one sentence or less above all else in your entire life right now as it stands? What is the biggest thing in one sentence or less that you don't have clarity on? I don't want to have fear anymore. I want clarity on uh, living free life and just living out of fear. 
and what, you know, like what's going to come happening next. What is the biggest thing you're afraid of in life? Um, judgment and failure. All right. And uh, judgment and failure. And if you were to pick which you fear more, which is it, judgment or failure? I would say probably judgment just because my mom judged me um, my whole life. Your mom judged you Um, your whole life. And you actually said earlier, mom did me dirty. Now, in your paragraph, you said your mother broke me as she, 25 years later, is now saying, oh, you just want to play victim. It never happened. Or you're looking for attention. All right. You started talking about being sexually assaulted by your brother at eight. um, And then now at age 36, you're processing it. Is mom doing you dirty, mom judging you, mom being a jerk to you, is that separate from the sexual assault by your brother or is it that as well? In other words, is it is it in addition to this uh, how she treated you regarding the sexual assault or is it pretty much your whole life? What are we talking about here? Well, my mom technically didn't supposedly know about the sexual assault back when I was younger. Um, when it happened, my dad caught it and took care of my brother And from that point on, I didn't know whether my mom did or didn't know about it. I assumed as two parents would have that conversation about what was happening or what happened. And that never happened. What was the, wait, what was the nature of the relate of, to the best of your knowledge, what was the nature of the relationship between your mother and your father? Are they, are they still married today? Uh, My dad passed. When did he uh, pass? 15 years ago. 15 years ago. So you were 21. Um, and what was the nature to the best of your recollection, uh, of the relationship between your mother and your father? Um, they just live cohabitally. They didn't like, they didn't share, I, share a bedroom. No, my okay. dad had his own like separate bedroom, but my dad was, he had a lot of medical issues and was kind sure. of, um, pothead and just, and did they, non-existent. To the, but they lived under the same roof. And yes. uh, what was the na- general nature of their communication and so forth, their parenting and so forth? I don't think I really watched it. The only time we did is when they were more arguing with my brothers or with us. What or- are the circumstances under which your father would not tell your mother that their son had sexually assaulted their daughter? Under what circumstance is that something like that is so absolutely gigantic that the notion of two parents not sharing that with each other, um, that's that's kind of a tough one to get my head around. Um, that's I'm, why I'm struggling. Uh, and what and you're struggling with most than the question or one of the things you're struggling with is did mom know? I, I, th- I think that's what I struggled my entire life is did my mom know and then. Years ago, I did tell my mom in a discussion, and all she said was, you know, no, I didn't know, and that was it. Another year or two later, that's when it got brought up again, and that's when it exploded, and she started telling me that I was just trying to play victim, that it never really happened, that uh, my words first were rape, and now it's sexual assault, and then she asked my brother, my brother admitted to it. But now the details of the incident are changing on his end. And now my mom's trying to say, oh, I I basically led him on. And I was eight years old. Right. Now that's fucking heinous. Your mother's saying that. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you led him. It's just, 
that really, in all honesty, that is an indicator, right? I mean, I don't, you, I don't need any more information to know your mother's character. To say that an eight-year-old child led on or is any way culpable for being sexually assaulted, raped, whatever, is beyond justification. It's, it's just, it's horrible. All right, so she's just, she's just showing us her character. You've just shown me your mother's character. Period. And and it points to, it's tilt, it tilts towards very strongly. Well, first of all, it tilts to, I can't trust this person. I can't trust what's coming out of her mouth. That's how I feel. And 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 clearly she's in the business of protecting someone. My brother. Now, and if and if your brother's downgrading the story, he's obviously trying to protect himself. I, I mean, that one's pretty fucking clear. Your mom in downgrading the story is attempting to protect your brother and or herself. Because what would justify saying it didn't happen? Just out of curiosity, how old is your mom? Born in 57, so. Okay, so she's uh, 66, okay, roughly. And she's basically denying, 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 calling you, you know, you know, you're making this shit up and you just want to be a victim. She really either doesn't like you or really doesn't like this story. From your perspective, from you, your experience, which do you think it is more? She doesn't like the story or she doesn't like you? Because why? Why would somebody who's, I'm 55, 66 is not old. And to all the young people listening, you think 66 is old. You have no idea how old 66 isn't. All right? She's not that fucking old. She, she grew up in an era where, where women didn't, you don't say that to a girl, man. You don't say that to a little girl. You don't say that shit to your daughter. And if you're saying that shit, you're covering something up. You're trying to silence somebody. And I, so I'm just curious, which do you think it is more? She doesn't like you or she really doesn't like this story? Well, what I was feeling as I've been trying to process all of this since uh, a lot of it has been fresh and she's still trying to approach into my life after I've already kind of like pushed her away. But I feel like it's 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 both. I feel like I, I guess I was confused through my childhood um, leading up to that part is if she didn't know did she hate me because she treated me in this manner my whole childhood if she didn't know about this up until just recently and is now still treating me more now worse was it you know that she has always hated me or is it because of the story now okay uh, two things i want you to explore with me that i want you to lay out for me one is the nature of what mom was like um, and we'll get to that. That's kind of an obvious question. I want you to give me sort of an uh, overview of that. But before that, I want to know this question. The question we haven't answered or asked is, why do you want to know so badly whether or not she knew? And I'm not blaming you for wanting to know. It's perfectly, it makes total sense you would want to know. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just curious why. You need to know, because I said, you know, did, you know, I was trying to discern what sort of relationship did they have, da, 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 just trying to know if, you know, did she know? I wanted to know too. But what is it that you seem to be saying, I can't move on, I can't this or whatever, I need, until I know, I need to know. Why do you need to know? In one sentence or less, why do I need to know? Why do you need to know? I never actually felt like I needed to know. Okay. I just wanted to heal and um, I actually didn't 
realized I needed to heal, I started losing weight. Um, my mom's fat shamed me my whole life. Um, so I, I started to realize that I gained weight right after that altercation at eight. And it wasn't until my 30s that I decided, hey, I need a change, and I lost 140 pounds. Mm. And when I started losing weight, that's when I started going through the healing process. And my, you know, my mom always, like I said, fat shamed me. So when I got down to losing 140 pounds, it was still not good enough. And I think I was reaching for my mom's attention, love, and everything else because I felt like I was never good enough, you know. I never be pretty enough. I could never do the things right. I can never be skinny enough. Cause even when I lost weight, she then turned around and was like, well, now you got wrinkles. And then, so I don't know how to, I guess, please her. <laughs> like I want a relationship, but now that I've tried to heal, I, I realize I really don't, but I have children who are struggling with this. We're struggling with what? They want to, they want a relationship with her. How old are your children? I have three. I have a 15-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 5-year-old. 15, 8, and 5. And who's the one that wants a relationship with your mom? My 8-year-old. My 15-year-old has been through the ringer with her mm. um, to the point where she had texted her and told her, like, hey, this is my feelings because she's kind of thrown her in the middle, too. And Oh, oh wait. Just so I'm clear, you're 15. I'm going to put it in my words. You tweak it. I, I don't mind being wrong. I just want you to understand. So I'll put it in my words. You correct me. 15-year-old is basically not having grandma, doesn't like her because grandma's been an asshole to her. Is that correct? Yes. Oh. <laughs> As if we needed further indication of grandma's character, she now picks on children of the next generation. Or, oh, she picks on even her friends at the softball field about their weight. And that's what really tipped my daughter. Is oh. We were at the softball game and she was fat shaming another one of her players. And that hit me hard because that's like the same thing she did. And maybe that's how she saw me as me being a softball player. Okay. So wait, you're what you wait, wait. Okay. So what we need to drill down on here then is, so your eight-year-old wants a relationship with grandma. Okay. Five-year-old is just sort of along for the ride, right? Or does the five-year-old have an opinion or what? She doesn't really know her because me and my mom have been in the fighting period for a couple of years now and she's five. So she doesn't really know the five-year-old. Okay. So we're talking about one child that wants a relationship with grandma, right? Yeah. And she just recently told me that I hate my mom. So that's why they can't have a relationship. And that literally. Wait, wait, who told who that I hate my mom? My eight-year-old um, told me or told, we were out in a public setting at my daughter's softball game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was asking to go spend the night at grandma's house because that's the only time grandma shows up now is at the softball games because it's the only access she has. Mm -hmm. And um, she had asked to spend the night and that's when she turned around and she was like, well, you don't ever let me because you hate her. And... Because you hate, okay, wait a minute, the yous and hers. So your eight-year-old turns around and says, you won't let me see grandma because you, mom, hate grandma. Is that correct? Because I, I, I me and my husband hate grandma. Okay. And uh, just for as a side, uh, what does your husband think of your mom? They got an altercation. Okay. Yeah, he got an altercation with her in, sh in front of the house because, again, the fat shaming. We let her, my daughter, spend the night. And my mom has a problem with doing it to my children, which is why we have the problem is she says, oh, I'm not calling them fat. 
But she tells them that they need to go on keto diets, that they got big bellies, that they oh, got Oh, God. Grow, okay, stop. Tiffany, the, Tiffany, stop. Stop. You said, I wanted her, if we rewind the tape, I wanted a relationship with my mom, but now I just sort of want her out of my life. But uh, there's the issue of my children. I said, what's the issue of your children? And you said, my children want a relationship with uh, my mom. We whittled it down, discovered it's only one child wants a relationship with your mom. So you are uh, holding back from cutting your mother out of your life and out of your family's life because of the wants of, an eight, of one of your children who happens to be eight years old. Is that correct? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and we have crystal clear evidence that neither you nor your husband nor your children are safe around this person. Is that correct? Yes. Tiffany, not trying to tell you what to do with your life, but there's absolutely no circumstances under which your eight-year-old should be spending any time with your, grand with your mother unless your mother goes through a radical transformation of character. Period, end of story. You do what you want, but it's like no one wants to admit that your your job is to keep the child fucking safe. And if the child yells at me, hey, oh, you hate me today? Okay, you must be one of my children. <laughs> the, any parent who's not hearing I hate you from their kid every now and then ain't fucking doing their job. I mean, it's just part of it. So let me ask, but that raises a really interesting question, doesn't it? And let's start doing honesty test here, Tiffany. And the question is, what does it feel like when your child says, I hate you or, well, wait, the child didn't say, I hate you. The child said, you hate your mom, right? I hate my mom. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Cause I was going to say eight, that's a little early for the, I hate you, but um, that'll come. Uh, so let me ask this question then, what does it feel like to not give your children or one of your children something that they really want? How do you feel? when they pout or slam the door, I really want a new super soaker. I really want the new, you know, book that I really want and to say no, or can't we go to da 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 this week? No, I'm sorry, we're not. How does it feel to say no to your children? If you're to be totally honest. I mean, it comes a little more easier when you're just regular parenting to say like my, actually you say that now, but my husband was just explaining that last night to me about what we give our kid candy and we tell them no, and you don't get emotionally, you know, upset or feel guilty for it. You're, you, you know, the can having too much candy is bad for them. So what's the difference? And that was, it was a reality check for me. Last well, time told and, me that. well, I want to hear your answer then if we were to be honest and, and I believe you that you are being honest how is it different in this case? What specifically makes it different? Because candy is a is a great example, but it's also a low-grade example compared to this really big thing, interpersonal communication, family, you know, that whole thing, kids, moms. It's 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 messier, mangled, tangled thing. For you, which is the harder part? Cutting your child off from their grandma or cutting your grandma off from your child? my child off from the, cause it's, it's, it's damn I feel like it's emotionally damaging my child and that's something that they won't have in their childhood. But honestly, I don't want them to have it cause it's not safe. It's not happy. And, it's not, and, and the it's reason, and what, in what way above all else is it not safe? If I went through the, the ringer of being fat shamed right. and knowing what it did to me yeah. and my, my oldest went through it and 
I had to break her out of it and tell her that she was perfectly okay who she was. And she got stronger. But Oh, now, but now my middle child was going through it. And at the time that my husband came and they had the altercation with my mother, my little daughter ran out the, my middle child, the one we're talking about, ran out the door as she, my husband and my mom were fighting and they were talking about the stupid keto diet. And he had told her, you cannot have that conversation with my kids. Like, that stays out of your mouth. Yep. My daughter ran out and said, stop, stop, stop. She's just trying to help me. Right, right. And, you know, whatever it is, you can you can sit down together quietly, you, your husband, and your daughter privately. Bring the child into your bedroom quietly and do your own shit fucking journaling purging out your own anxiety so that you don't in any way get emotionally charged. Your husband doesn't get emotionally charged with the child. And you all sit down and you just talk calmly and you explain to your child that it's not safe, that we are doing, we're, we're going to not allow this. And you have to trust us sometimes. And it's okay to be mad and it's okay to be sad but it's not, this isn't going to work out to the degree that you want to go, go into it and explain it. But in the end, if the child is not safe, the child doesn't get a say. Your first fucking job is to protect that child and to, and to give them room to be mad at you and to be sad and to be disappointed. I wanna go further into this, but first we're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back with more badass counseling after this. Hi, this is KC. There's an update from the Badass Counseling Desk. The audiobook version of the book, There's a Hole in My Love Cup, is now available exclusively only at badasscounseling.com. My best friend made me listen to some podcast, said it had blown her away. So we listened to a lightning round of the Badass Counseling Show together. All I can say is, wow, first podcast I had ever listened to. Now it's my addiction. If you haven't done it yet, you need to subscribe to the Badass Counseling Show. This show provides soul counseling intended to entertain and inform and is not medical advice. Now, back to the badass. We are back with Tiffany. Tiffany, so you were talking about how basically your child wants a relationship with your mom and uh, it's just not safe. It's clearly not safe. And your mom, it's not a mom who was a shit to me, and but boy, she cleaned up her act with my own kids. I see that a lot where, you know, it's harder when the grandparent is actually good to the kids because it's like, oh, fuck, that's hard. Um, but basically, you said that the idea of your child not having grandma in her life would be, you know, emotionally damaging for your child to not get a grandma but you're fundamentally saying that having grandma in her, in her life, in your child's life, would be emotionally damaging. You know, your job is to protect your child from all enemies, from an abusive spouse to, I'm sure, I know your husband is, I'm sure he's not, that's not the point. But from anyone to anyone to anyone, it's the protection of the child, that's the first thing. Warmth, food, shelter, protection. So, I mean, it's not even a question. And then you've got to deal with in your own shit all the feelings that you're feeling regarding that. But I want to get it back to you. There's just no question. I mean, there's just no question that you have to protect your child. And your child is going to be mad and sad, and that's okay. And it's good to teach them ways to get it out and say, how are you feeling right now? Are you, I'll bet you, when you're talking with your child, 
I'll bet this feels sad. I'll bet you feel mad. Would that be safe to say? And letting them talk about what's the hardest part? What's the most painful part? Eight-year-olds can articulate how they feel. They can if you help them and teach them words uh, and, and so forth. And But the more you encourage the child to get out their feelings, the shorter the lifespan of the pain, right? You yourself said, I was sexually assaulted when I was eight and I thought stuffing it down would be a great idea. And then I came to you know, 35, 36, I started letting it out and holy shit, I feel better, precisely. Apply that same shit to your own eight-year-old because you were eight when it happened. Now you have an eight-year-old going through a much lesser form, but trauma nonetheless, right? I mean, it's the parallel is so clear, right? Okay, so I wanna bring it back to you. Let me ask you, if you were to be completely honest, what percent do you personally not want a relationship with your mother? And what percent, if you were to be really honest, deep down, do you still want a relationship with your mother? I think deep down, there's still maybe a part of me, but the more I keep healing and the more she keeps damaging as she comes in, um, it's just pushing me further and further away. So I, I want to say maybe like 85% at this point I'm away, but there's still like that lingerness of, I guess, hope or hoping she'll change or something will yes. be different. And okay. Or, so if she were to change, let's just say, let's go radical here. She encounters the Dalai Lama and he imbues her with some new, you know, wisdom. And then, uh, she goes to therapy for like, a year, really good stuff goes deep. And, and all of a sudden she comes to you, she apologizes, means it, and she lists what she's done wrong, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you guys could have a relationship. That would be the hope. Am I hearing you correctly? Okay. I mean, I know it doesn't work that way, but I would, I would hope that I guess that she would have some understanding of right. what I'm going through. But the goal, the end goal that you still hope for, you said, I asked you, you still want a relationship with your mom. You said, yes, 15%, 85%, I don't. So you do want the relationship, which raises the question then, what above all else would you get from the relationship? In other words, if you got the relationship, then what? I think that's why I'm slowly on the way out is I, I know there is no answer the question, there. answer the question. If you got that relationship that you still hold out hope for that door is still open. There is still that remote sense of hope. And you didn't say 3%, you said 15%. So it's still a decent amount, you know, bad tippers still tip 15%, but it's still a <laughs> decent amount. All right. So let me ask you, then what? You get that relationship. What do you get out of that relationship if you got that relationship? I just feel like I probably would have that mother-daughter relationship again that I've yep. always been hoping would and be there. And what would you get out of that quote-unquote mother-daughter relationship? What is it you would get out of that? Just there's, just the, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, you know, that mother-daughter feeling, that love connection. Like, I feel like, you know, you're losing a part of yourself. When love connection. All right. And you had earlier said, you know, wanting love, wanting attention. But instead, what I got was I was never good enough. I was uh, never skinny enough. That My skin was bad. All these things. When what I really wanted, rather than the negative attention, was positive attention. I wanted love. Is that safe to say that if you had that relationship, you would finally get love? And that at the very least, the language would change. She wouldn't point, she wouldn't be, to use your earlier word, judgmental. At the very least, the judgment shit would be gone, correct? Yes. Okay. So if I got 
the relationship, then I'd have the mother-daughter connection, then I'd get the love and the attention, positive attention, from mom, and then I would feel what? What would that from her make you feel? When I get a shiny new car, not that I've had one in a very, very long time, with that leather upholstery and mm, Oh, it smells so good. And I'm like, ah, I feel alive. Or when I'm on my road trips that I like to take, I just feel free and so forth. What would the love from mom make you feel? Whole. 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 So in other words, you believe somewhere inside of you that to some degree or to a large degree, I can't be whole until I get love from my mother until I get the connection with my mother, until I have that relationship with my mother. To some greater or lesser degree, and perhaps maybe you know, at, you know, 15% at least or whatever, I believe I can't be whole till I am loved by my mother. Would that be somewhat accurate? I said, yeah, pretty accurate. And just out of curiosity, what, what percent do you think you need your mom's love in order for you to finally be whole? Is that 85% true? Is that 63% true? Is that 12% true? What percent do you believe and really still hang on to that I, I need this before I can fully be whole? I honestly don't know how to fully answer that. Maybe, I don't know, 30%? Right. I, I, fair, I fair. Well, what that means then, basically, is if I need my mother's love in order to be whole, I don't, first of all, I need to say, a 36-year-old woman wanting her mother's love is normal. A 64-year-old man wanting his mother's love, wanting his father's love, wanting a parent's love, it's normal. The, the child in us, the adult in us, cripes, always wants the love. As I talk about in my book, There's a Hole in My Love Cup, I say, children love parents more than parents love children. People are like, What? There's no way my kid loves me more than I love them. And I invert the equation. I say, a child will endure far more at the hands of a parent than a parent would ever endure at the hands of a child. Now, tell me about how much you love your kid. Okay. So you loving your mother and wanting her love, not just the feelings she claims to have. Oh, I love you. What do you mean? But actual love in action and in words and so forth. You wanting her love is totally normal. Totally normal. However... You believing you need her love in order to be whole, you're fundamentally saying she has the power to keep me unwhole. Basically, she has the power to make me feel this unrest inside, this lack of peace. She has the power to ruin my life because I believe that I need her love in order to be whole. Well, let me ask you, what if that's just not true? What if there is nothing you need from her in order to be whole. You may still want it. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Although you're saying, you know, that wanting a relationship with her has really been radically reducing over the years, but it's okay to want it. That's okay. Um, but believing you need it in order to be whole, uh, it's just not true. The power to be whole is inside of you because basically what it is, what's really going on is what you're really wanting is you're saying there's a part of me that's missing. Okay, and what it really is, think of it this way instead, that there's part of her inside of you and it's not good. It's, an it's a virus, it's an infection, it's a cancer and it's owning part of you. It's in so many of yourselves. It's not totally consumed you, but it's still in there and as a result, you're not your, you're not your full 
own self, but parts of you are her. And it's yucky. It's bad. And it's insidious. And it destroys your wholeness, your sense of real self. And so what it really requires is the extraction, the excising, the cutting out of that which is not you. Now, the idea of integrating a parent into part of ourself is good if we choose it and if it is good. I have so much of my work is my parents' work, but that was a choice on my part because they were good fucking people who worked hard to serve others. I choose that. Sign me up. Put me first on the list. I want that in me, but it was a choice. And so what you're really confronted with is not even do you want a relationship with your living, breathing mother who lives outside of you, you know, the next city over 12 miles away or whatever. The real question you're having to ask yourself is, do I want this person inside of me anymore? You came from inside of her, but she's been inside of you. And those just devilish messages of you're no good, you're fat, Look at how fat you are. You're just disgusting. Oh, yeah, you lost the weight, but look at your skin. Ah, Right? Do you really want that shit inside of you? Do you really want that shit inside of your children? No. Do you really want your husband to have to deal with that shit? But putting all of them aside, back to you. What do you think it would take to finally summon up the courage to cut your mother out of inside of you? all of her and to say she was wrong and there was never a goddamn thing wrong with me to begin with. What do you think that would take? I don't think it would take that much anymore. I think you've helped me process and hearing it from another person and not having to just sit here and tell myself over and over because of hearing the judgment. I always feel like I'm wrong in life that I don't, I'm not making the right decision that I'll fail. (laughs) And if you were to fail, If you were to fail, what really are we talking about? Fail at what? Just any, anything that I put forward to, um, like losing weight. My mom never had any faith on me. And yet you lost 140 pounds just for the record. Okay. But what do you most fear failing at specifically? Being a a bad mom and, and following in her footsteps Uh, and, and I want to protect my kids. Right. And if you were a bad mom, what is the one sentence that you most fear hearing from someone or knowing someone is thinking about you if you failed as a mom? What would be the one sentence or less that would hurt the very, very most? Bad mom that, you know, I'm just, I'm failing at it, that I'm, I'm, my, my mom would never see it as I'm not doing it in her way or how she would do it. So as if I'm not following in everybody else's footsteps, I'm failing if I'm doing it in my way. And is it safe to say you fear doing it your way because you hear your mom's voice criticizing you for not doing it her way? Right. Mm-hmm. So clear, clear indicator that your mother's inside of you, isn't she? Yeah, that's why I didn't lose weight for so long is she would always tell me I was fat and I kind of deliberately did it. So she, I felt like I had more control if I stayed fat because she seemed like she wanted the joy of me being smaller. And then when I got older and had the strength to do it on my own. And I think, like I said, the reality when I did finally lose the weight and that was where her, you know, actions, it was like, wow, 
Is it uh, safe to say that when you are, were a child, you really wanted to get your mother's love and you were willing to do anything to get your mother's love? Safe to say? Yeah. And to avoid her criticism, right? Oh, yeah. And so if a child, be it a five-year-old, eight-year-old, 15-year-old, or 25-year-old, wants a parent's love, what are they sort of trying to figure out? In, what is a child trying to figure out in their own time, in their own you know, mind, in their own lives? What are they trying to figure out? If they want the parent's love, they're trying to figure out, how do I get it? So mm -hmm. a child will adapt their personality Oh, uh, dad likes it when I'm funny. I'm going to make more jokes. Oh, I, then dad smiles at me. Oh, he gives me the old bet. Ah, oh, you're a funny little pecker, you know? Okay, now I know how to get dad's love. I'm going to be the funny one, right? In my home growing up, there were six of us around the table. Parts of our personalities adapted to get attention when you're competing with seven other people at a table or five other people, you know, for mom and dad's love, right? For their, for their attention, right? So it's safe to say that you were doing things in your life Believing that if I can read mom, became an expert at reading mom, probably an expert at reading people, that if I can read her just right, I can figure out how I'm going to get that love that I want, right? All right. And right? Yes, that's exactly how I ran yeah. my life. Right. And so to a large degree, even at 36, you're operating with a child's mind. Still, you've been believing and it, potentially 15% still believe that if I do the right thing, I'll finally get that love. Yet you have a 36-year pattern of behavior that indicates very, very clearly there ain't a goddamn thing you can do. I ain't going to give you love, you little shit. I'm going to tear you down. I'm going to judge you. And you want to know why I'm going to? Because I can. Because it delights me to hurt you. I don't understand why it delights her, though. That's I, what I mean. it delights bullies <laughs> to hurt people. And the people that they hurt are the ones that they can. The people that stand up and punch the bully in the nose or just walk away. The bully can't hurt anymore. And it's horrible. The notion of hurting your own children, I'm sure, is horrific to you, right? Yeah. Okay. But so, being a parent myself, I couldn't imagine. Precisely. And yet she does it all the time. And not only that, she's done it to your own children. I could say to you, imagine her treating one of your children that way. But she has. We're yeah. talking about a really despicable person here. Sorry, but we are. She does it to her friends and she does it to children. Fuck off. But you still want, you still believe that if I do something right, I can get her love. You have a 36-year pattern of behavior that you refuse to believe. And that's okay. It's your life. You can live it however you want. Uh, just out of curiosity, so which would hurt more, to hear your mom say you're a bad mom or to hurt to hear someone else say, oh, you're, you, you're a mom just like your mom was a mom. You're just like your mom. Which would hurt you more? I'm just like my mom. Exactly. And just out of curiosity, is there any, whom would it hurt to hear that from most? I've actually heard it from my husband at once, just because in an argument. So that really hurts. Um, and my brothers. Okay, fair my, enough. My brothers tell me that. Fair enough. And, and yet, if you choose, forgive me, but if you choose to not protect your eight-year-old from your mom, then that would seem to be a decision where you're being just like your mom, where you are basically not doing what's in the best interest of the child. Seems to me. Now, I could be off, but you know, it wouldn't be the first time I've been wrong, but it just kind of seems that way from a distance. So let me ask you then, you're 15% of you, at least coming in today, old Tiffany, you know, for years wanted more and more and more of a relationship with mom. I'm sort of coming out of that. And so let me ask you, and you're at 15% or maybe even less after today, let me ask you, what would life be like if you did not have a relationship with your mom, your father's passed away. 
what would it feel like to know you've got your brothers and I don't know what that relationship's like. We'll leave that one uh, for the time being, but to know that you're alone in this world, I mean, you've got your husband who I'm sure is wonderful. Uh, you've got your beautiful yeah. children, right? Uh, perhaps good relationships with your brothers, but in terms of parents, that your parents are dead to you. Father yeah. may be still very much alive. Maybe he's a loving presence inside of you. I don't know, but what would it feel like to cut your mother out of your life and to know that basically, I no longer have a mother and really I never really had one to begin with because hell, if a parent's first job is to protect the child and she's never done that, she's not only not protected you, she hasn't assaulted you. She has assaulted you long before your brother did at age eight. What would it feel like to know that you never had parent, a mom to begin with? I'm actually becoming okay with it and I'm actually feeling stronger knowing that I can be okay with it because for my whole life I've just been searching for it and, and feeling like I needed it. And now I'm feeling stronger not needing it. And I feel like I can see my future without it and seeing my kids because again, I don't want my kids to live in the same pattern I did. So it's best for them to not have it. And we've been in this gray line. Like I said, I've been trying to let them have access to them, but it's been dangerous every time I've done it. So, right. so why go on if she's I have that same process that you have. If they're going to continue to, she's going to continue to hurt them. What's, what is the beneficial for them? What are they getting out of it? Just torture. Which, if you were to be totally honest, is harder for you to deal with your mother's treatment of you regarding the sexual assault and, and your own childhood and everything. And even presently and her treatment of your child, all of that, or your brother sexually assaulting you slash raping you as a child, which is, bigger for you if you're to be honest and there's no right or wrong answer no one gets to pressure you on that one and you don't have to answer it, it it's the first one it's my mom it's it's the mom. Okay. the mom and do you feel like that's moving to a state of rev, uh, resolution where you can let her sort of go and not even let her go but mm, definitively basically cut her out of your life and your children's lives do you feel like it's sort of moving in that direction and you feel stronger in doing so yeah, and it's actually, it's feeling better. It's feeling good to kind of have it gone. I just have it missing. I, I Like I said, over the last two years, she really hasn't been apart. And she, she's just slowly working her way back in. And, and every time she's around, I feel triggered. I feel the anger. I feel the tension. Right. And anytime she's at the softball fields, even if she's sitting far, far, far away, I just feel the tension. And if something comes out of her mouth, it's just a trigger right away because it's negativity. And, and, you know, maybe the day, unfortunately, maybe the day will come where you have to have some sort of restraining order against her if she won't honor the boundaries, whatever. But, um, you know, she still triggers you. Um, then that says there are a whole lot of memories that have emotional charges attached to them from your past, even as recently as last week or last month regarding your mom. And you need to do more deliberate flushing out of those memories. Okay. And decharging those emotions. Using my book, there's a whole lot of go back in, do those exercises. Using the Sedona method, which is one of the books I recommend in my book, and journaling, writing letters, a letter to your mom that you do not send, unleashing all of the feelings. Um, just out of curiosity, what do you think the biggest thing is on the other side of it in terms of healing from the sexual assault by your brother uh, slash rape, however you choose to define it, and that's yours to define, just for the record. Um, what do you think the biggest thing is that you need to further your healing or complete your healing? Uh, it's an ongoing thing, but to really further your healing regarding that. I just need to get, I, th I just think it's more strength and, and knowing that I'll be okay. Um, 
without all the needs of the wants of a relationship with my mom and moving forward. Just, wow. So just, wait, I want to just focus on my family. Right. Hey, brilliant. I love it. Isn't it interesting? I asked you a question about healing from the sexual assault by your brother and you go to instantly talking about your mother, which is fine. Which implies to me, I asked you a pointed specific question about your brother. What do you need to heal from that? And you basically, by going to the mother thing, you seem to imply I'm kind of healed from the brother of sexual assault or no? Yeah, I, 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 the way I explain it is, is what my, the way I see what my brother did to me, he was young. Obviously, at the time, it, it, was, it was one altercation and it was more probably curiosity. As a young child for myself, that's how I see it. I don't feel like, like my brother was, you know, in a manner of wanting to do it. What hurt the most is one, no one, no one acknowledged me after it happened. My dad didn't, it, he, he punished my brother and I went to bed. And the next morning we went on like nothing ever happened Oh, gosh. until I told my mom 25 years later. So I sat in limbo trying to process. And so I sat, like I said, in limbo and I just erased it. And or it, like I said, I have understanding down, that my brother was a child himself. Yep. And, and okay. And, so regarding that, you personally have reached resolution to that. You may, if you haven't already, and maybe you have, but you may want to have a sit-in with the therapist for a few sessions on that specifically just to make sure you aren't still stuffing down bits and pieces just to sort of get over it and move on. If you want total healing, if you really want to scour that dirty pan, you might want to go in for a few and, and just take a look at it um, to see if you still have any emotional any emotional charges there. But I don't want to minimize the main point you made and that how you were treated. You weren't allowed to flush out your feelings. Like I was talking about with your eight-year-old, allowing that child to flush out. You weren't allowed to flush out your feelings. You weren't allowed to say, I'm so confused, I'm scared, I don't know what this means. Um, you weren't allowed to, you weren't taught how to find words for what you felt and what you were thinking inside. So now you see from your own experience how critical it is to do that for a child that part of my job as a parent is to teach my child the words for what they feel. Hell, I get clients of all ages who can't put words to what they feel, who, who don't even know. They've shut down their feelings. I don't even know what it means to feel something. And that's okay. There's no, it's not bad, but Wow. Wow. A, it wasn't safe to feel feelings. No one taught them how to find words for it and so forth. You weren't allowed to feel feelings. Okay. Um, so let me ask this. I, I just want to ask sort of one, well, two quick questions. Just out of curiosity, what is the nature of your relationship with your brother presently? Uh, both of them I don't have relationships with. Okay. And uh, in the case of the brother who's trying to change the story of what happened, he's engaged in self-protection at the expense of you. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and how much do you need him to validate your story in your brain? How much do I need him to validate my story in order for me to, uh, move on or val feel validated or whatever? I don't feel like I need it because it is, I know the truth and I know what happened. Good. I don't, I don't need anybody to tell good. me. Good. And don't, you don't have to, good. I'm, I'm so glad you are resolute uh, in that. And what is the biggest thing inside of you that causes you to believe all things considered regarding, uh, you know, the rape, but more importantly, how your brother or your mother treated you? What is the biggest thing uh, that caused you anxiety or fear that I won't be okay? If I cut mom out of my life, or, you know, if I really purge her from inside of me, 
What is the biggest fear of how you won't be okay? How will I not be okay? Um, I, like I said, I just don't feel like, I always feel like I'll always have a piece of me missing and I'll be constantly searching for that piece that was missing. Right. And so if I'm, go ahead, I guess. And so I'm just trying to get past the feeling not whole and trying to become my true self. Yeah. And, and I get it. And because, you know, the fear that something will be missing because I've cut out what was formerly occupied more and more you've done over the years, cutting out the parts that were formerly owned you never gave them to your mom, but formerly owned by your mom. And gosh, won't that leave a hole in me? And what you're going to discover is you know, what's going to happen is your authentic self is going to expand into those spaces and expand into more of your life. And what you're going to feel is actually increased wholeness. I guarantee it. If you have the courage to cut out that which is not you, it will fill with that which is you. I want to ask you one sort of um, last question slash mini sequence question because there may be a follow-up or two and it's simply this if you were to be totally honest knowing all the pain all the put downs years decades three and a half decades the denial of a sexual assault all this shit the hurting of your own children if you were to be totally honest and maybe the answer is zero but the question is this what percent do you hate your mother oh man um what are you feeling right now before you before you give us the answer what was the old man because hate's a strong word. It is a strong lately, word. I have been really angry and hateful. I'm not going to lie. And that's, I have to say that's pretty strong lately. It's been in like, probably like 65%. I've been maybe even higher, like 75%. I've been in the hate mode. And I, I want to get rid of that anger. And feel, like I said, feel free to where I don't feel that anger that I'm holding on to. What do you anymore. hate her for like, most? Not being there for me. Not, so even not. more than all the basically verbal abuse, you hate her more for not being there for you? And that's okay if it is. I just want to be clear. It just as growing up, she was never around. She it's, worked it, nights it, and but but when she was around, she was being verbally abusive, right? Exactly. So which was, was worse for so, you? And either one is fine. I just want to know which is worse for you. That when she was there, she was a fucking asshole, but then she was always gone. When she's judgmental, when she's judgmental and putting me down is the right. worst for me. Right. And uh, let me ask you this, if you were to be totally honest, when you said 65%, maybe a little more, well, actually 75%, let me ask you this, to what degree, when I ask you about the word hate and you say, whoa, that's a big word. Okay. So a little terror handling that hot potato and you go 65%, then you say ah, 75%. To what degree are you still uh, not wanting to touch the word hate. And so maybe you colored your answer of 75% or to what degree are you still protecting your mom in your answer of 75%? Maybe you're not protecting her at all, but is it possible that it you don't want to say that it, maybe that is the answer. Maybe it is, fuck, it's 75%. But is it possible you're still protecting yourself from the word hate or protecting her from what you really feel? Is it possible or is that not really, doesn't feel right? I'm probably protecting myself from the word hate. Okay. You know? And if you were to put on your, your armor just for... 10 seconds and just say, I'm a tough one. And I'm not afraid of this word. Oh, what do I feel? What's the hate level for mom? If you're to be totally honest, I'm not afraid. What's the honesty? And it can still be 75% or 25%. I don't care. Just tell me the truth. It would be probably 95. It would go up. All right. Now you said, I want to get rid of the anger. I want to get rid of it. You got to have conversations like you and I just had 10 seconds ago. You can take your armor off now. You're safe. Okay. Um, you don't have to say the word hate anymore. I'll say it. I fucking hate your mom. What an asshole. What she did to you, what she did, 
denied your truth, what she's done to your own children. I, I hate your mom. She can go fuck herself. Really, that's fucking vile. Sorry, you do that to children, it's vile. It is, period, end of story. And so anyway, if you wanna get all that out of you, you have to have these types of conversations with yourself. You have to be honest. You have to give yourself permission, write a letter to your mother. Just start there, write a letter to your mother that is not kumbaya, that is not namaste. And you've gotta use the strongest words possible because if you mince words, then you're not scouring the pan. Do you want that pan to be totally clean from that baked in grease, from that steak you made in the broiler? Or do you wanna leave some of the dark spots there? No, you wanna scrub it all out, all right. Start by writing letters, start by journaling and unleash all of it because the more you flush it out, once, the more it's out of you, it's no longer what? In me. In you. Flush it out, it's not in me. That's it. Just got to keep flushing, kid. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes total, total sense. What are you feeling? What's going on inside of you right now? Where are you at? I'm feeling relieved, like stronger, that, that clarity. I got, I got some clarity that I needed. Mm. Hearing it from another person, not just my husband, sure. telling me that, I'm not crazy because that's what she would always call me is crazy. Right. So knowing that I'm not crazy and my feelings are valid, it, it helps. I'm stronger. That's exactly right. And you will become even stronger the more you trust your own voice. She taught you to distrust your own voice by calling you crazy. Distrust your own voice. Listen to me. Don't listen to yourself. And that is the worst message possible to give a kid or to pass on to your adult child. To, to empower the child means to step now with your, you know, with your uh, 11-year-old, your 15-year-old, you know, you stepping out, stepping out, even starting at eight, taking half a step out, taking half a step out, because by stepping out and giving them power to make small decisions, to succeed, to fail, and then medium decisions, even when they fail, to teach them to continue to trust their inner voice. Stepping out, that means to empower them so that when they become adults, they're standing firmly on their own two feet, trusting their own uh, self, even when they make mistakes, it's like, okay, brush it off. It's nothing wrong with making mistakes, but I'm still going to keep trusting myself. Tiffany, I want to say you have been a fantastico guest. I have loved it. Thank you just so much for being honest and for opening up and really diving deep. It's, it's heady stuff. But just for the record, as I tell my clients, I didn't do the work today. You did the work. You were the one that had the courage to go inside. And I, I, on behalf of all my listeners, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank was, you for having me. You bet. You bet. It was great. To everyone listening, I want to remind you that you really do look good today. Uh, did you wash behind your ears, as my mother would say? What would your mother say, Rob, when you were growing up? <laughs> uh, pretty much the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would argue, but I would end up washing. It's what, true. Okay. And what was the one thing in your own personal hygiene that was just the most challenging for me, for you. It, for me, it was brushing my teeth. Well, it, it, it was, and uh, as a result, I, I have a lot of crowns in my mouth. <laughs> and I have a lot of fillings. Too yeah, much sugar, not enough go. brushing. There'll be crowns eventually when you get to be my age. <laughs> You're probably right. I, I trust your wisdom. And to everyone listening, so go get your teeth crowned or just start brushing more, flossing, and wash behind your ears. We love you here on the Badass Counseling Show. I want to say to everyone listening in, on behalf of KC in the booth, on behalf of my dear friend Rob, thank you for so much for tuning into the Badass Counseling Show. Have a kick-ass day. The Badass Counseling Show is strictly copyrighted. No copies may be made without the express written consent of the Badass Counseling Show, LLC. The Badass Counseling Show is produced by Karen Camparelli and Robert H. Friedman. Executive producer, Sven Erlinson. Original music by two-time Emmy Award-winning composer, Trevor Morris. Have a kick-ass day.